It's Friday. That means it's time to dominate your finances. It's Seven Figures. I'm Sandy Waters. Thank you so much for taking the time to check out the podcast. And thanks to our friends at Family First Credit Union for sponsoring the podcast. When it comes to financial education, earning and learning go hand in hand. And Family First is here to help you and the greater Rochester community with both. Okay, so today we're going to focus on two things. Saving for college with the 529 College Savings Plan. And when it's time for that job interview, what you need to do and say to nail it. I'm going to tap into the wisdom now. Cash in with our expert, Paul Selich, founder and CEO of College Assistance Plus. Thanks for helping us out. Sandy, great to be here with you. Can you give us a little background on College Assistance Plus? When I initially started, my vision was, how do we help families find the right college and, and, and help them finance it? So some of the things we get involved in is we really challenge the student. What are your interests? What are your passions? What are your gifts? Where those three, three things come together is what you should do with your life after college. The reason we do that is because the average student changes majors four times in college, and there's very little help uh, given by the college to uh, help them find jobs afterwards. So we get very involved in that aspect. We teach the student how to network. We teach the student hey, this is not about going to college. This is about launching a career. And you you got to focus on that. And, and as in any uh, decision you'd make for your future, you have to take into account what it's going to cost you to go to a school. So don't make a, a decision for a school based on emotion. We started our own lending company a year and a half ago. And uh, and the reason we did that is because the, the amount of uh, student loans has exceeded a trillion dollars now. So almost every one of our clients, I bet you I can count on two hands, the amount of clients in 14 years that, that have had the money to just simply pay for college. Yeah. So it's all financing. So uh, we get very involved with every part of the process. I have a team of uh, 12 people. They're very involved with every one of our clients, and, uh, and we're very proud of what we've been able to, how we've been able to help families, not only in this community, but in Syracuse and Buffalo and throughout the country. Does college hold the same value as it once did? There's a lot of people who would argue and question uh, a college degree doesn't always guarantee a job. Is it worth the debt? There are some people that should not go to college. I mean, I think trade school is a great option. There's value to going to college, but there's not the, the intrinsic value in a name college, right? Okay. I mean, you can go to a college in this town for 20000 a year, $40,000 a year, 50, 60, 70, like you and I were chatting before we went on air. When was the last time somebody asked you where you graduated from, yeah. right? It's all about you and your performance. Think of it financially, what's financially best for you. So speaking of that, the 529 College Savings Plan, 70% of people don't even know what it is. So let's give everybody a crash course uh, on its benefits, because there are a lot of benefits to having one. Sure. Well, it's it's a tax-deferred savings plan, and that's always good, right? It's like our 401k or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know. Right. And just to give you some numbers, for the New York State 529, so for us, up to $10,000 you can deduct annually for married couples filing jointly, but single taxpayers, you can deduct up to $5,000 annually. So if you're already planning to save for college, it helps, but you have to use it for higher education, right? What qualifies? Tuition, room, board fees, books, a computer. Now, uh, based on the last uh, tax rendering, you can use it for K through 12. So if your student goes to Mercy or McQuaid, you can use it. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, it just changed. It just changed. So that's a good thing. We say to a family, if you have 529 money, you should use it as soon as possible. Immediately. It really impacts how much you can get in financial aid, which really is student loans. That's 
That's what colleges call financial aid or student loans. What if your your child gets a scholarship and there's more money in the fine? This is a this yeah. would be a good problem to have, but right. there's more money in the five twenty nine plan than they need. What, well, what happens to well, that money? The, the great thing about five twenty nine money is you can cascade them up or domino them down. So if you have say your your oldest child elects not to go to college, you can cascade the money in, in his or her name down to your younger okay. si- the younger sibling. You can also cascade it up. So if if she decides later on to go to college, you know, and you have extra money in the, the younger sibling, you can you could. So it's got a certain amount of flexibility. That's good. Okay. Very very simple process. It is really to yep. get that started. Mm-hmm. Very easy, and it's just online. And of course, with the way the market's been growing, you know, who, there's no guarantee yeah. it's going to continue growing. But goodness gracious, I mean, I've been around a long time. I've never seen uh, you know growth like this. Yeah, take advantage of it yeah, when you can. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's your financial nugget about the five twenty nine college savings plan. If you want to look more into that, if it's right for you. Now let's talk about the Paul Selledge Before College Assistance Plus because. You were head of many corporations. You did a lot of the hiring, finding the right people. What could we tell our kids to get them ready? Even some adults who are still looking for that new career, that new job. What is it that you look for in a potential employee? Well, I think the thing that makes people successful has nothing to do with brains. It's interpersonal skills. Mm -hmm. People have to like you, not love you. I mean, it's not like that, but they have to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Respect and like you. And the other thing is communication. If you communicate well, when I look back at my career, and I and I, I thought about this the other day because my grandson uh, had to write a, a paper on somebody's life, and he said, Pops, you've had a lot of jobs. Aww. Let me write about you. Oh, Give us a breakdown a little bit, though, what, well, what your history is. Well, I started out with IBM. Okay. I was a typewriter salesman with IBM, and uh, that was a great company because I worked there 16 years, and I had a lot of great jobs. I've progressed to an executive position with IBM, and that's what brought me to Rochester initially. I'm, I'm down from, uh, I come from the Hudson Valley down by New York City. Then I came here, and there was a company, you were too young to remember this, but there was a high flyer here <laughs> called Sykes Datatronics, okay. and I was vice president of sales for them. I left IBM, went to work for Burroughs, on, which you don't remember, on University Avenue. Um, I started my own company, which was a computer company, and we worked out of the Sears, the old Sears building oh. on Monroe Avenue, Monroe Square. Did that for about five years. Um then I went to work as an re- executive recruiter for a couple of years. That was a great job. And one of my clients was MCI. And uh, when I was recruiting for MCI, the president of uh, the Northeast Division said to me, you know, we're spending a lot of money on you recruiting people. Why don't you come to work here? I'll make you the vice president of the Northeast. So I went into MCI, which was my introduction to telecom. Then I was recruited away by Rochester Tell, and I had a great job there. That was fun for five years. Then I was recruited away by a company out of Florida called uh, Intermediate Communications. Uh, then after Intermedia, I consulted for a company out of Charlotte uh, called Fairpoint Communications. Then I was recruited away by a company in Bushnell's Bacon called Empower Communications. I was president of Empower. Um, wow, you just love change, don't you? I do. I, I've had I've worked for 15 different companies. Wow. Some but of the been... experience that you have now under your belt, what it's... is it that when you were in all these high-level positions in all of these companies. What was it that you were looking for? Just interpersonal skills? I, I, from- I love the challenge. I lo- Well, when I hire people, I look for people that can communicate. Okay. So you have to be, and what I mean by that is just not speaking. You got to listen intently. And that's what people look for. I mean, you know, you can, you can be an accountant and work in a cubicle and maybe you never interact with anybody. But I still think it's very, very important. 
it's certainly important when you're trying to get your first job. Now, what we do when we ch- when we train a young person, uh, one of our clients who's going to uh, either go to a college or uh, for a, a career uh, interview, what we say is, so I would pose this question to you, Sandy, if you're one of our clients. I'd say, mm-hmm. Sandy, I'm going to prepare you for this interview. Okay. And I, we have 20 or 30 questions that we ask for the college interview and then 15 or 20 for a job interview. But here's the way you control the interview. And we, we say, we want you to go in, into the interview with a game plan. And the game plan is we want when, when, when you finish that interview – in your mind, as the applicant, you know with no uncertainty that, you, that you've left this person with the impression of who Sandy Waters is. The way we do that is we say, Sandy, tell me three personal characteristics about you that you think are your strengths. So you may say, I'm very extroverted, uh, I'm very articulate, and I'm a hard worker, work ethic. And then what we say to, to instill that in, in your interviewer uh, we want you to come up with a story or a metaphor that shows me you have great communication skills. So you might say, well, I didn't start out to be a radio announcer, but let me tell you how my career has progressed and that, you know, you'd have some. Meta- so the stories go farther than just stories. saying, hey, I'm an organized person or you know, I'm a hard worker. People remember details. Okay. What we say in our company is facts tell, but stories sell. So mm-hmm. a fact is you work for the buzz. But a story is, let me tell you what I do there and how it, you know, how I've helped the buzz. Impact of you. Okay. And, and so we, we say, when somebody asks you a question about Sandy, uh, why do you want to come to work here? You say, well, uh, you know, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an energized business. You know, we're really exciting. Uh, this is an exciting industry to be in. But let me tell you what I'm going to bring to this uh-huh. opportunity. Okay. And, and, and it's amazing. People, the feedback we get from colleges and employers Man, your people come in. They, they come in. They take the interview over. And, okay, and you know, which is tough for a young a person. Stu- yeah, right. but it's tough for uh, adults. It's Even, really tough. Yeah, you're right. People go into an interview with very Nervous. passively. Right. I mean, I mean, think about how many times I've interviewed. I remember flying. This is a funny story, but I, I was with Rochester Tell at the time, and I had uh, we were acquiring a lot of companies, so I was doing a lot of travel. And I get a call from a recruiter, and he said, "Sprint is looking for a president." This was when Sprint was in Kansas City. So I've arranged an interview for you, and I really wasn't looking. If you can tell by my, uh, you know, my history, I was always kind of looking. So he said, we're going to fly you into Dallas. These people are going to meet you at the uh, Admirals Club in Dallas, and four people are going to interview you. Now, that's not common. You know, usually it's not a group interview. That's intimidating. Well, it was, but I didn't care. You know, it was like I was going to be on my way to San Francisco anyway, so I could just divert it into Dallas. So I go into Dallas, and I sit down with these people. And they were all nice people, but they were very, very young. And I was in my 50s at the time, early 50s. Mm. And I had a ton of experience. I mean, these these people had only been with Sprint, right? And they were like uh, vice president of something, marketing. And mm-hmm. so at the at the interview, so I was a little bit cavalier, maybe even cocky about the interview. And and the recruiter called me up a couple of days later and said, boy, they really, they loved you. They want to hire you. And I said, well, why did they like me? He said, because you're so confident. Oh, well, the is. reason I yeah. was confident is because I had done the job. I mean, I had yeah. that was and, and they they said, you know, we can really work with this person. So they made me a big offer. I decided not to take it because I didn't want to move to Kansas City. But but where does confident right being confident? You're right. How many times do you hear that walk in with confidence? Um, but where does that fine line of confidence and cocky? Well, no I, employer wants no, the, the know-it-all employee. The- no, but, you, you know, I think it, I think the way you portray that is 
with a great sensitivity to what the challenge is. So, so somewhere in the interview, I would say to the person, you know, who are you really looking for? I mean, who's going to, if you could categorize and describe this person and all his or her qualities, what would you be looking for? And, and if you You're ask that, if you ask interviewing that, them, well, if you ask that some, you know, first of all, this may surprise you or not, but some people I interviewed with, I, I remember this, I won't say the name of the company, but I remember interviewing with a person who I was going to report to uh, if I took the job and I eventually did. And he said to me, you know, I've never interviewed anybody in my life. Now, this guy was a high-level guy at this company. He said, I've never – but I read a book last night. Do you mind if I take the book out and read you the questions oh. from the book? A lot of people don't interview. You know, if you if you go into an interview assuming, hey, this person really knows how to interview people, that's why we teach the person to control the interview mm. because many times they don't. But being sincere and genuine? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's huge. All right. Huge. But you have the stories. Remember, facts tell, okay. but stories sell. Stories sell. sell. Well, thank you so much. Oh, Sandy, it's always thank great. Thank you. Collegeassistanceplus.com if you want to talk to Paul and his team over there. College Assistance Plus. Thank you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That was awesome. I love our conversations with Paul Selich. Okay, so now we end the podcast with another wise man, my dad. Father knows best, my dad's two cents. Thank you again for subscribing and giving us a review on iTunes. And thanks for telling a friend about the Seven Figures podcast. Have a great weekend. Dominate your finances. Making the minimum payment on a $3,000 high interest credit card debt can take over 15 years to pay off. That's how some people get themselves into a financial rut that's difficult to get out of. So make sure you do everything possible to pay off high interest loans first. 